Welcome to the Rebel and Connect radio podcast, where we connect you with the ideas, people, products, and services that you need to create a truly meaningful company culture on your remote team. Rebel and Connect, celebrating human connections in a digital world. Hello, welcome everybody to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I am super excited to be here today with Amy Freshman of ADP. This is Charlie, by the way. Sometimes we have different hosts. So just so you know who I am today, I'm not Rachel and I'm not Summer. I'm just Charlie. So thanks again for tuning in. And we're really excited to have Amy here. If you've been listening to the show, then you're probably aware we have the Remote Work Summit 2018 coming up in May into June of this year, 2018, and it's going to be down in Guatemala. It's a remote leadership summit. So we are gathering leaders from all over the world to speak, to attend, to just get together, put their brains together and address the most, you know, pressing human challenges that remote teams face in 2018. Additionally, 100% of our ticket sales are going to go back into the local community to help fight and correct and attend to the systematic causes of chronic hunger and malnutrition in rural Guatemala. Next year, we'll be in a new location with a new cause. So if this is something that's close to your heart, either remote work or chronic hunger and malnutrition, and you're interested in getting involved, please do visit bit.ly backslash remote work summit. You can learn all about the summit, the destination, the content, the cause, the nonprofits that we're donating to, to do that work for us on the other end. So before I get carried away with my own spiel, let me bring Amy in here. Amy, welcome to the show. Where are you calling in from today? Thank you, Charlie. Very happy to be here. I am calling in from Natick, Massachusetts, up in the New England area. All right. So yes, we were just before we went live talking about how cold it is on the East Coast of the United States right now, which is where I am as well. And wanting to get some either winter sports in to take advantage of the cold (laughs) or escape to a warmer climate. So Amy, I know a little bit about your background. Obviously, it's very extensive. And uh, that's why I invited you to participate as a speaker in the summit. But can you tell from, you know, just in your own words, tell our listeners a little bit about who is Amy Freshman? What's your backstory? How did you get to be doing what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Charlie. Really appreciate the opportunity. So thanks for including me. Um, I have had the fortunate opportunity to have been with ADP now for July will be 23 years. Um, I have to look at a calendar every time I say that. And of course, I have to pinch myself a little bit because, boy, that makes me feel a little little older than maybe I am. Um, this was actually my first uh, first company straight out of college. So while I think in today's world, folks may think or hear that and think, wow, like that, that really doesn't happen anymore. And people aren't usually in the same company, same job. Um, although I've been with the same company, I've had multiple different roles. So I, that's why I say I feel like I've had the fortunate opportunity to have been with the same company, but had opportunity to do different things. I spent probably more than half of those years in the sales organization, doing different things from direct sales to leadership, leadership development, sales operations, and, and a bunch of different uh, uh, really fun jobs. Um I moved into the human resources portion of our organization back in 2012, so just about six years ago. And um, in that time, I've had the opportunity to be a part of 
the change as we think about flexible work arrangements. So when I joined, it was very much focused on work from home. And and now over the years, and I think many organizations uh, can probably attest to this and probably resonates with them that, you know, flexibility comes in a lot of different forms and fashions. And if I ask 10 people, what does flexibility mean to you? How do you define it? How important it is it is it to you? Um, and what's an example? You're probably going to get 10 different flavors of an answer. Um, so so my focus, and, and actually recently has shifted a little bit, but my focus for the last number of years in HR has been on what what I'm calling now, what we're now calling flexible work, work arrangements as, a, as an umbrella. Um, what's a little new, and, and although sometimes feels disconnected, I, I still think there's connection. Last year in July, um, I was asked to take on and be the corporate HR lead for uh, activity in our mergers and acquisition space. So sort of an interesting add to my role, something brand new, which I love. Again, another one of the reasons why I love working for my company is I get to be challenged in new ways. Um, and it's interesting having been through a few now in the time that I've been here is we think about um, how other organizations work and, and really the big conversation or big question of how work gets done. There's an element to how work gets done, where the work actually gets done, when it gets done, when we think about flex schedules and flex locations. Um, so it's interesting as we interact with new companies that have come on board to our organization it's not uh, uncommon to know that people are working different hours in different locations and some full-time remote and some part-time remote. So we get and see lots of flavors. And, and the last comment I'll make is not only within our organization have I had that opportunity, but also engaging with our clients, being a, a leader in the HCM human capital management space. We work with companies of all shapes and sizes, and I've had folks internally reach out to me, say, hey, I'm talking to ABC company. They're one of my clients. They're thinking about remote work or they're thinking about flexibility or we're sort of at a standstill and we're not sure where to go. I really have had uh, great conversations and sharing best practices and things that we've learned um, along the way. So a little bit about, uh, about me. Very cool. So and I just think that's so interesting. You know, you, we tend to think of larger organizations as especially in the HR parts of the larger organizations is very internally focused, but for you have kind of both hats, you really have to look at what's going on inside, what's going on outside. And when, when you're looking outside, I mean, there's so much variety and I, I love, and I think we talked about this when we first connected, but this idea of putting some structure around flexible work, because it seems like kind of an oxymoron, but I know like even our team, we're only three people and still it, you know, six months in, eight months in, we realized none of us have the same definition of what that means. And it was creating lots of disruption and misunderstandings. You know, I think flexible to me personally means I get to make my schedule. I'm in charge of my schedule and I make one and I keep it. So I have a very rigid personal schedule, but it's flexible because it's mine and I made it. And it's custom maybe is a better word. Whereas my business partners, they're much more spontaneous, fluent, you know, fluid, excuse me, people. And so their idea of a flexible schedule is no day ever looks the same. Well, I would go crazy. I would lose my 
combined, <laughs> you know, and that's just three people. So I can only imagine when you add, not to mention we have very similar cultural backgrounds. So when you add all the different layers of diversity that you get as your organization grows and scales, I mean, it just gets to be so important to be really explicit about what that means and what that doesn't mean and how people can take kind of the standard and customize it so that it is still innately flexible. That's And I, I think you hit it. That's one of the keys, I think, to success is having, there needs to be a baseline of expectations, right? So you talk about your, your view and kind of how you think about flexibility and then your, your business partners from our side. Um, so I may, I would say I support our internal clients, which is really our associates, we have clearly a whole slew of people who are servicing our external clients, right? Those are the clients that use our services. Sure. So there is an element, a base in that baseline that says our service teams need to be quote unquote working, right? Available during our clients' business hours so they know they can get the right type of response time and efficiency and all that. So there's that element. I think the other piece um, that, that I started to mention is ensuring that from a leader to associate perspective, we have that conversation, right? What are the minimum expectation? Um, if I'm working remotely, I need to be on link. If I um, am in the office, you know, what does that mean? Where am I physically in the office, right? So in today's world, talk about a different level of flexibility, you know, there, there's the base element that says, even though I might be an office-based associate, I am likely not sitting at my desk from eight to five, right? So those days are sort of gone, right? I'm moving on here, I'm collaborating, we're doing a walking meeting, we're meeting in the open collaboration space, we're doing a video call with people, right? Being a global organization, I often say, people have heard me say this many times, we're never going to get 58,000 people together in one place. So we will always be sort of virtual. And then on top of that, the whole time zone thing that, that goes with it. So um, there, there are individual definitions of flexibility, but there has to be that level of agreement, for lack of a better term, across the leadership to associate relationship and then certainly weighing in on the client side as well. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And in so many areas of remote work, that is true. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's way less that you can do implicitly and well <laughs> in a remote context than you can, you know, you really have to push yourself to be super explicit, which is nice because it creates a higher level of mindfulness and intention and all these things that are, you know, going to help elevate and keep the organization constantly moving in, you know, a forward moving direction and not just kind of running on autopilot, hanging out in a way that might cause things to get stale, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of mental energy. And it's a, it's a skill that is I've found talking to so many people in the remote work space is kind of a surprise that, Oh, I, I thought I was really explicit and clear and direct, but this has shown me, this working way has shown me that I have room for improvement there and it's a muscle I need to exercise. So very cool. Yeah. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, your backstory and what you do. So I can see, our listeners can't see, it looks to me like you're sitting in a living room and I, I've seen you in this, uh, in this scene before. So tell us a little bit about your, your day-to-day where you work. 
Yeah, great, great question. Um, and with my tenure at ADP, I've done a lot of different things, as I mentioned. So outside field sales where I was office, but really in my car most of the time and, and face-to-face with clients, um, that really has changed across the different roles that I've had. And so uh, I sort of joke when I tell this story, when 2007, I was in a role, I was doing leadership development here in the Northeast, and I was in my car on a train or plane pretty much every week, Tuesday through Thursday. Wow. And when I wasn't there, I ended up just you know, staying home because I wasn't around, right? I hadn't, you know, seen my kids and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, the commute into the office, um, I went in for the meetings that I needed to, but otherwise I, I ended up just staying home. And so um, my, a friend of mine who I work with, we worked in the same office, came to me and said, listen, you're never here. Uh, I have a new sales leader coming in. I need your office. So can you, can you go? Right. So, and, and that's <laughs> Maybe some people listening have had a similar story. Um, it it come, came down to utilization of when, where am I really? Where do I need to be? And sure. where do I need to hang my hat? And the fact of the matter was I was traveling so much. So again, fast forward the tape um, to answer your question. I am a, a full-time remote associate. And so what that means for us and, and everybody's uh, company's definition might be different. But for folks that may be interested, how we define the primary work location is where are you 51% or more of your regularly scheduled work week? If the answer is you're based at home, that means we provision you at home. I'm looking at my desk. I have, you know, monitor, keyboard. I have a docking station. I have a really cool piece of technology that gives me instant access to the ADP network so I don't have to VPN or Cisco AnyConnect. I still have those capabilities for when I'm traveling, but when I'm home, I just log in and I'm in. Everything just, I say, magically opens. Um, (laughs) What that also means is I don't have a seat in one of our facilities, right? So we've got lots of offices across the globe. Um, when you're full-time work at home, that means you don't have a seat. But at the same time, to also answer your question, where am I? I am where I need to be. So I was in New York City two weeks ago uh, for um, uh, some meetings. We have our corporate office in Roseland, New Jersey. So what, whatever is on my calendar and where I need to be, if I need to physically be there because it's a roll up your sleeves, you know, brainstorm, whiteboard session, I will do my best to try to get in, certainly with the beauty of technology and, uh, you know, a lot of the core of, of why we're even having this conversation and why, you know, the summit exists and all those different things is with technology, we have the opportunity to be more mobile. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I just can't get there for whatever reason. So we use uh, Link, uh, we have Blue Jeans, right? There's all sorts of technology that we can use where I can uh, be as as present as I can be. Um, but, um, for the most part, I'm, I'm, this is my, this is my office. This is where you see me. Nice. Nice. Well, that's so, I mean, I had my parents, my mom was a home-based executive and my dad was the traveling executive. And I think even when I was little, I think that was kind of the dream to have a job where, where I can travel. And the, the context around what that means has changed so much. You know, there's people who like you have to travel for work. That's a very different landscape than traveling while you work, you know? And I think that that's this idea of the digital nomad, the idea of the home-based worker, the idea of the traveling professional. There's all these different archetypes that get 
kind of lumped together as the remote worker or the virtual worker. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm a geek, but I like to, I like to tease them apart and, and see, you know, what are the differences between these? What are the commonalities and how can we have a more comprehensive conversation about what the future of work is going to be if it's going to be predominantly virtual and remote? Because it's most, for most people, and for me, and it sounds like for you, it's not a hashtag laptop lifestyle kind of thing, you know? So I think that that gets, that's the sexier version, I guess you could say, but it's not necessarily the full picture. And um, if we, if we work towards helping just that demographic, I think we're missing, missing the boat. So on that note, and you had mentioned the summit, tell me a little bit about, I mean, you've, You've spoken in different conferences on this this subject, on this topic of remote work. What is it about Remote Work Summit that caught your attention and you know made you raise your hand and say yes, I want to p- be part of this? Yeah, so so I'll I'll go back to what you shared a little bit in the beginning about um, really doing your part as an organization to help battle uh, chronic hunger and and really finding a location finding the cause and, and really making an impact. So that's very um, inspiring. It makes me feel good. Uh, it's certainly something I, I would want to be a part of. Um, I think we all have great opportunities to give back either in small or big ways. And, and this sounds like a pretty big way. So kudos to you and the team for that. Thank you. Um, I, I think above and beyond, um, I've had the opportunity to, as I mentioned, speak to some clients, right, that are thinking about this whole space and how do I navigate it? What does it look like for you? I've also had opportunity to be a part of um, uh, different forums, conferences. Uh, TradWorks Forum is one of them, uh, two years uh, now uh, in a row, and be a part of that group, which are really like-minded people talking about this topic of remote work, uh, flexibility, and, and thinking about how the workforce is shifting and changing and how the, how the work gets done. A little bit of what I mentioned a, a bit ago. Um, I couldn't physically get there <laughs> to your destination, so I was really happy to be able to uh, still be a part of it um, uh, through um, a remote-type environment, speaking of. Um, and I'm very passionate about the the idea and the conversation surrounding the how work gets done. I I think that we're not done yet. It is continuously evolving. And I think the more people that can continue the conversation, as much as it's happening on its own, we're also shaping it just by having conversations and and engaging in the topic with with folks that are thinking about it or doing it every day. So um, I'm really really happy and and, uh, privileged to be a part of it. Oh, awesome. I love that answer. Thank you. So for those of you who are listening and you don't know, because we don't always make this super clear, um, there is a virtual component to the summit. So if you're stoked on the content, but you know, like Amy, you can't make it there in person, don't stress too much about it because we will have a virtual ticket option, uh, which we are still working out the exact logistics of, but it will be some presenters like Amy and a few others that will be presenting virtually. And then in addition to that, all of the uh, sessions that are happening in person will be recorded and they'll be shared after the summit. So if you buy a virtual ticket because you can't get away from your family or have other commitments, uh, do let us know and we're happy to send you the information as it solidifies and you can have access to those uh, training resources indefinitely. It's a, you know, it's a digital download kind of ticket purchase, which is, you know, just 
keeping things a little bit out of the norm, you know, thinking outside the box a little bit. So on that note, Amy, tell us a little bit about what your session is going to focus on. I mean, I know it's the conversation of flex work and what that means, but um, if someone were to tune in for your session, what could they expect? Give us some teasers. Yeah, good, good question. And I'm, I'm uh, super excited about it. I think it's, it's come up in some of the previous sessions that I've been a part of. But again, the conversation I think is, is still evolving. So the, the topic title is Flexible Work Arrangements, HR's Role and Leadership's Role. Um, you know, I, I do engage with, with um, folks externally and, and people often ask, like, what is HR doing and, and who owns this thing called flexibility? And then where does the leader play and, and how does that whole thing uh, work out? I, I think from our seat and, and at least organizationally speaking and, and what I believe to be the, the right approach is or the best approach is, I think HR's role is really to build the framework, the structure, the foundation, guiding principles, right? Different companies use different terminology. Ultimately, the business owns it. So it is not for me in an HR position to say, Charlie, you should leverage flexible work arrangements or Jack, you need to support this because of X, Y, Z. Um, I, I think that we would all probably agree that you see different varying levels of acceptance, support, right? Whatever the right terminology is of flexibility. Some feel very comfortable in that space. Some meaning leaders, right? Feel very comfortable in that space and others do not, or they had one bad experience and it sort of has, has ruined them. Um, I think that going back to the earlier part of the conversation that we had was, people define flexibility differently. Mm -hmm. So I think if an associate were to approach a leader and say, hey, I'd like, I'd like to talk to you about flexible work arrangements, I, I'd say my, my first thought and part of the dialogue will be, let, let's not do an immediate reaction. Let's, let's dig in and find out what that means. Because for them, it may mean something very small, something that's very doable. And for others, on the other end of the spectrum, it may be, you know, um, if I'm a... ER nurse, I, I can't work from home, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> physically there. Um, so the, the, per, the request of flexibility may not actually fit the role. So, so anyway, but, but my point is being open to the conversation. And I think the other piece that I just touched on in my, in my somewhat extreme example is uh, we believe, and, and, and I certainly believe, that there are two layers to the conversation, I guess three. So the first is where, where are we as a company when we think about flexibility? Do we agree? Do we support it? I think for the most part, most companies do, right? But mm -hmm. the degree at which they do is, is varying. The very first question to ask is you have to look at the role. So I mentioned ER nurse. It could be mm -hmm. any, any job, right? How, where does, when we think about the job, where does that fall in the, what we call flexibility spectrum, Right? Mm -hmm. Does it lend itself to it or does it not? And when you think about that, you can think about things like location and schedule and, and all the different pieces. So the first assessment is how, how well, how much does the role lend itself to flexibility? And then the next layer of that conversation has to be about the person. Do they have the wherewithal to, you know, work in independently? Um, are they on a performance plan, right? I mean, you can go into to, to different layers of the conversation. Um, I'll say 
for for to be specific. Remote work isn't for everyone. I think mm-hmm. Charlie, you would probably agree with that as, as many listeners. Um, but flexibility could definitely work. Um, it's just a matter of you know to what degree. Uh, the last comment I'll make is. Um, you know, there's, there was an article posted about a year or two ago that talked about, it was a little, little controversial, I think, mm-hmm. sparked some good conversations on is flexibility a privilege or is it a right? Mm-hmm. And we're not going to debate that on this call today, but um, I, I think people sit in different camps as to, to what they believe. I do think when we think about the evolution of work and the workforce, I think workers of today expect it. It's to how to to what degree do they expect it, and then to what degree can the company really deliver? So mm-hmm. hopefully that gives a little bit of flavor of of some of the dialogue uh, we'll have in the session. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could go so many different directions. My brain's like, and this and that, and cool. I can't wait to be there, but I won't go down every rabbit hole. Um, so before we wrap things up, we've spent, you know, we've had a chance to hear about you and your background and what you do, where you work, what gets you excited, what your session's going to be about. So if the people listening happen to be, we don't know, maybe they are, if they're an ideal client and ADP could really, you know, come in, step in and help them with their business on a day-to-day or in a long-term way, what would that person look like? And what would those services be? A little bit of, you know, what are your products and services? Yeah, great, great question. Um, And having been here a long time, boy, it's changed quite a bit. Uh, (laughs) we, We have historically been known, I think when people hear ADP, assuming they don't hear ADT and think we're a security system, which has happened, uh, ADP, they think payroll. And, and I will tell you that that's been our bread and butter. It's how we got started in 1949, right? Been a long, a long time. Uh, in today's world, we are the leader in human capital management. So when we think about companies today of any size, right? So I said I sold, uh, I was in sales. I sold in the small business market. So companies with one to 49 employees, we have a mid-market range of companies with 50 to 999 and then a thousand and above. We truly work with companies of all shapes and sizes, all different industries. Um, when you think about as business as as business HR, um, business owners, CEOs, right? Every level of every co- of every company, uh, we help to manage your human capital, your associate population. That is from. Um, a, certainly a payroll perspective, how we pay associates, retirement services, HR solutions and managing your workforce, um, talent management. Uh, our suite of services is, is quite large. Uh, hopefully, if folks don't know who we are, you can visit us at adp.com. Um, but the beauty, I think, of our services are that it is customized for each individual client. So while there are packages and bundles that just make sense to go together, we have many companies and many organizations that use us in different forms and fashion. So um, proud of the company I work for. Again, feel very blessed to have been here for as long as I have. I work with amazing people who really, uh, we do our best to, to put our best foot forward and service our clients to the level that we know they deserve. Um, so would welcome uh, certainly opportunity for folks to, uh, to look further into us if you don't know who we are. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. I love the um, maybe unintentional through line of structure and flexibility from how the work gets done to what the work is, what it looks like, how services are delivered, that you have that, you know, 
kind of culture of being really clear about what's going on and then being responsive to what needs to happen at, at the same time. I think that's a beautiful I'll make, thing. I'll make one more additional plug and, and something that's really newer over the last few years is um, data analytics. So mm-hmm. our opportunity, not just to be reactive, to give our clients information right after thing, events happen, but with, you know, use the overuse term, right? Big data, we have the opportunity to collectively see what's happening and try to make predictions, right? Predictive analytics to know what's happening from a workforce perspective. Uh, we also most recently acquired a company called Work Market. It was just announced on January 22nd. That's why I was in New York City. Um, and they have really taken on the leader in the 1099 independent contractor space. So now as an organization, we truly have the opportunity to cater to W-2 employees, which we've historically done for many, many years. And and now with the acquisition of Work work Market, amazing group of people, the products that they have um, helps us really cater to our clients' needs, candidly, on the 1099 space. So uh, lots of really cool stuff happening there. Awesome. Wow. Full service. (laughs) Love it. Cool. Thank you so much again for joining us. I'm really looking forward to your session, you know, with the virtual sessions. It's going to be fun because they're happening sort of in these little pockets of time and space. And I can potentially soak them in more than when I'm at the event live, like running around behind the scenes, helping get things done. So I'm super excited to have you. I really appreciate your time. I know our listeners are surely going to enjoy this episode. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. Amy, thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah. And until next time, everyone, rebel and connect. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. This podcast is a Rebel and Connect production. Have you joined our free Facebook community, the Remote Leadership Think Tank? You can find it by searching on Facebook for Remote Leadership Think Tank or by going to bit.ly slash remote work connect, all lowercase. The Remote Leadership Think Tank is a community forum connecting like-minded remote leaders and team members from around the globe. See you in there. Rebel in Connect is a Colorado-based company owned and operated by Charlie Birch, Rachel McGee, and Summer Wyrick. We operate remotely and service clients from all over the globe. For more about our mission, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Connect with us on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also email us directly at info at rebelandconnect.co or call 970-325-6833.